Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Hey, really excited that you're here with us in this uh, really important Sunday. Uh, why is it important? Because it is our second week, week two of our series, Friends with Benefits. Come on, tell your neighbor, Friends with Benefits. Don't say it like a question because that's going to be weird, okay? <laughs> uh, we we uh, truly believe that God has an incredible life planned for you and for me. I genuinely believe that he has the best life planned out for you. In this year, that's the opportunity that we have. We are creating, we are building the life that God has for you and for me. Now, during this time, we're exploring this idea that friends have benefits let me say this, godly friends, okay, have benefits. Godly friendships, they have a lot of benefits uh, in our lives. So this during this series, we are learning how to build some new friendships. And this is the thing, when it comes to building the life that God has for us, our friendships are such an important foundation for what God wants to do uh, in our lives. So come on, can today you help me out by saying, I am building it. I am building it. You're building the best life that God has for you, and it starts with friendships. You know, this past Friday, we had our marriage event, and it was really awesome. It was really great. And afterwards, uh, we went to have dinner with some friends, and we started talking about uh, you know, some stories when we were first newlyweds. So uh, when my wife and I, we first got married, we moved to D.C. And one day, uh, you know, as soon as we moved, we were looking for our bed, right? So went to the beautiful store. Well, this, is, this store is kind of like heaven and hell, okay? We went to Ikea. Uh, it's like heaven, because if you walk through Ikea, it's like beautiful, man. I love, I love Ikea. Anyone with me like Ikea is like, I hope that, you know, someone in Ikea watches this and sponsors Ooh. us. Uh, I love Ikea. Uh, it is like heaven. You walk and the showroom is awesome. They take you into this maze of the store and you're watching everything and you're getting inspired to build places that you're never going to do in your own house. But it just looks awesome, right? Uh, <laughs> and the meatballs, right, too. But anyhow, and every single time I say something about food, my mouth gets watery. I don't know why that happens. It's so frustrating. But anyhow, we're in Ikea. So it's like heaven, right? It's beautiful. It's great. But then you buy something, you have to build it, and it's like hell, you know? Their instructions are horrible. I, I don't know. So anyhow, we buy our first bed, and, you know, I, I, I have a lot of strengths, and I also have a lot of weaknesses, and part of my weaknesses is building stuff. I am not a builder. I love shoes. I love clothes. I love fashion, and, you know, I'm not handy. I have soft hands, and I'm proud of them, okay? Uh, <laughs> I moisturize them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a great builder. So whenever I buy, you know, this, this bed and take it to our house, my wife is like, you're calling someone, right? And I'm like, 
no, I'm not. Why? Because I'm a man, right? And you have to figure things out. The funny thing is that, you know, this piece of furniture, uh, when you think about it, the creator of this piece of furniture, he designed it. He thought about it. He put it together. He built it through. He did all the process of figuring out not only this bed frame, but he also processed the instructions. Now, as a good man, this thing I know, as a good man, you don't use the instructions. You know, that deducts points from your manhood if you're looking at the instructions. That's what I was told. So uh, uh, this is the thing. I'm, I'm going out to build this frame. And I have the instructions. I have the wisdom of my wife saying, call someone that knows how to build. And then I also have my set of abilities and my set of wisdom capabilities. And I also recognize I have some limitations, but I decided to ignore my limitations and just move forward with this building project, right? So anyhow, fast forward four hours later, four hours later of blood, sweat, and tears, four hours later of stress, anxiety, and like frustrations, and maybe a couple of fights in between there with my wife. I like, it was so bad. Like I was sweating. I was frustrated. After four hours, I'm about to put the last piece in. And I put that last piece and I finally am done with this horrible, hellish building project. And then I go and grab the mattress. I drag the mattress inside, throw it on top of the bed frame, and it flapped. I realized, I realized that I bought the wrong size of bed. This is how ridiculous this was. It was an individual bed frame. Like, it was obviously small, you know? Uh, it was obvious. Beatrice probably was, was like, man, he really wants for us to be, like, really close together. No, I was probably too focused in building this thing that I never thought, man, this is too small. I thought, man, Ikea, it's European, you know? It's just they build small stuff. I didn't recognize. It was a complete failure. I had to break down apart this thing that cost me four hours of my time, had to return it, and then do it all over again. It was a big fail, okay? And I'm not exaggerating any of this illustration. It was so bad. And this is the thing, right? God wants for us to build an incredible life. I genuinely believe that God has an incredible life available for every single one of us. But it requires us to build it. Like God wants for you and I to build this incredible life that he has available for absolutely every single one of us. Now, why do I share that horrible story? <laughs> because in the same way that, that, that I built, right, a lot of us build our lives in the same way. God, the creator, God, the designer of it all, had a specific plan and purpose of how life should work. And there's a flow to the design that God had established for our lives. He had the design, and he is gracious enough to not only have the design, but he left us his worth. 
his word, his truth, his principles, his guidance. He, he didn't only stop there at his word. He gave us his spirit. The Bible talks about how God's spirit lives on the inside of you and I. He gave us principles and promises and blessings. He gave us his son, Jesus. Like, God wants for us to succeed in this thing of building the best life that we could have. But like your boy here, uh, we decide not to follow any of the instructions of life. And so often when it comes to building this beautiful life, we don't look at the manual. We don't submit ourselves to the manual, to the instructions. You know, my wife had an incredible idea. Call someone that is good at building. But we don't like wisdom. We, we struggle sometimes with, with, with getting help, right? Like so often when it comes to us building the best life that God has for us, there's people that have gone before us, that have a lot of experience and wisdom in areas that if we're honest, we're not good at. But yet we decide to build anyways. And then... Last but not least, I had my own abilities and experiences, but I had a lot of limitations, right? And the reality is, is that all of us, we have limitations. There's so many different areas in our lives that we have limitations. Can you help me out? Tell your neighbor you have limitations. And tell them, and it's okay. It's okay. We all have limitations. And if we don't recognize these limitations, we are not going to be able to build the life that God has for every single one of us. What I want to encourage us today with this beautiful life that God has for you and I, as we are going to build it, I want to encourage you to submit yourself into God's design. Can I encourage you to submit into his way, his truth, his design? I believe that as we do that, we will build a beautiful life. In order for us to build this God life, the best life available for us, it is going to require for us to have a strong foundation. If we're going to build a strong life, we need a strong foundation. And what I want to talk to you today is that a crucial, strong foundation for us to have, it is our friendships. Godly friendships have incredible benefits. They are a strong foundation. If you missed out last uh, week's message, I would encourage you to go back and check it out on YouTube uh, because we define godly friendships. We're after godly friendships. They, they have long-lasting, eternal benefits. They have benefits that will impact our legacy, our character. Godly friendships impact absolutely every single little thing that you are. So we want a strong foundation in our lives. And this strong foundation, what I want to propose to you is that a strong foundation includes these three really important friendships, relationships. So number one, our relationship with God our relationship with others, and our relationship with ourselves. A strong foundation 
It is having our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and a relationship with ourselves. And that's what we're going to explore in today's message. You know, I love Jesus, that he knows us so well, and he loves us so much that he leaves, like, you know, the, these beautiful pieces in the Bible. I, I, I love recaps. I'm a recap guy, right? Like, just give me... The short version, like, what's up? Let's go. Even with sports, I love my one-minute knockout videos uh, and, you know, the highlights of the game. I don't want to watch the one-hour, two-hour thing. Just give me the recap, right? So I love Jesus that he knows us well enough, and he left us this, this recap. What is the most important commandment? That's what Jesus was asked. And he replies with Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Today, we're exploring these three relationships, and we're starting with our relationship with God. Come on, say it with me. Our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is a strong foundation. I love Jesus because he is not saying, hey, you should. Hey, I encourage you to. Jesus said, you must Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all of your mind. You must. Say with me, you must. You must. He's not asking you. He is telling us, the designer is telling you and I, you must love God. Now, can we just identify the word love for a second? Because so often in our lives, in our relationship with God, we based it upon, upon feelings, right? Like, man, if I feel like it, I will do it. Man, it, today I'm just not feeling, you know, like kind of like spending time with God. Today I'm not, I'm just not feeling it. I, I don't know. When you read the definition of love uh, in, 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 in the dictionary, it describes love as a deep feeling, an intense feeling, a deep affection. And the thing about love, the way it's defined in the dictionary is that it defines it as something momentary. Come on, a deep feeling? Come on, that's momentary, right? Come on, you can have something really good for dinner, and you're like in love with it, right? And you're like, man, that ribeye steak, you cut into pieces, you feel all the juices, and you're like, man, God is real, and he is good, and you feel the Holy Spirit, right, descending upon you whenever you mix a little bit of that ribeye with some mashed potatoes, and you're like, it's a deep feeling, right? It's a romantic moment, you know, when you're eating. And then afterwards, it just goes away. <laughs> a little bit hungry here, right? Love, the way it's described, the way we view it, it's such a momentary thing. It's, it's a feeling. It's an emotion. It's deep affection. But it is fleeing. What God is saying here to us today is that he wants for us to love him. To, to love him, true love is not a feeling. It is not deep affection. It is not a deep emotion. Love, it is a decision based on conviction. Whenever I decided to marry my wife, I decided to love her. 
Come hell or high water in the good times or in the bad, in sickness or in health, I made a decision based on conviction that two were going to become one, right, that I was going to love her. It wasn't a momentary decision, a momentary feeling. It was a lifelong commitment. When it comes to our relationship with God, God is saying, you must love. You must make a decision based on conviction. There's going to be some days that you're not going to feel like loving God. There's going to be some days that you're not going to feel like God is good because everything around you might be crumbling down. But what God is saying is you must love. You must be committed to loving God in the good times and in the the bad, when all is good or all is bad, you're making a decision not based on emotions or feelings or circumstances. We are making a strong decision to have a strong foundation when it comes to our relationship with God. God loves you so much that he said, you must love me. And this is the thing, that might sound a little bit intense, right? Like, man, God, like, commanding me. This is a commandment. He said, you must love me. It's a little bit selfish, right? I love my wife a whole lot, and, 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 and I'm not ashamed to tell her, hey, you must love me. I want my wife to love me. Like, I want her to love me with all her mind, with all her soul, with all her heart, and all of her body. Yeah, uh, I want my wife to love me. Why? Because I love her. So when God tells you, you must love with all your heart, mind, and soul, this is the most intense, culminating description of God lo God's love towards you. God loves you so much that he's saying, I want you. You must love me. Come on, isn't that beautiful that despite our messes, mistakes, who we are, God has this deep sense of love and passion towards us. God is telling us today that the most strong foundation that we can have in our lives, that is our relationship with God. Come on, love God with everything that you are. I love how specific he gets. Love me with all your heart. Love me with all your mind. Love me with all your soul. God knows you. God knows that he's like, oh yeah, I love God. No, he's saying with all your heart, all your mind, and all of your soul, that the meditation of your mind, that the thoughts that you have, that everything that you do, that you would do it unto the Lord. Come on, God wants your mind, your attention, your devotion, your time. That you would cultivate this love for the rest of your life. Psalms 36 verse 7 says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. A relationship with God 
absolutely impacts everything. You're engaging with unfailing love. You are surrounded by the fountain of life and self. When you have a relationship with God, it impacts absolutely everything in your life. The more that you lean on him and that you pursue him, you, you get more joyful, you get more peaceful. Come on, God starts to change your life in a beautiful and profound way. Come on, I want to encourage someone here today to make a decision that you would submit your life, that you would love him and follow him. And this is the thing, the more that you do, the more that you deeply, deeply fall in love with him. And the more that you deeply fall in love with him, the more that you get to know him and who he is and his character and his identity and everything about him, you just deeply love him and you start changing in a beautiful way. Come on, the more that you hang out with the creator, with the designer, you start sensing your life to have more joy, have more peace. You start to become more kind and gentle and good and faithful. You start developing the fruits of the spirit within you. Why? Because you are having a relationship with him and he is a strong foundation. Your friendships, they determine so much of who we are, don't they? Even if we don't want to fully admit it, who you hang out with has to do a lot with who you are. So the more that we hang out with God, the more that we start to change in a beautiful way. Our friendship with God matters so much. It really does. You know, the second thing that I want to encourage us today, and it's from this passage, uh, it's our relationship with God matters. And the second thing, our relationship with others. Our relationship with others, it's so important. You know, there are some people that say, all I need is God. If I just have my relationship with God, that's all that I need. Like me and God, we're good. I don't need that church thing. I don't need community. I don't need friends. Well, I would tell you that that is completely a lie. You don't only need God. If that's all you needed, God would have said, love me with everything that you are, and that's it. But that's not what he said. He said in Matthew 22, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally, come on, say equally, equally important. He is saying that it is as important for us to love our neighbor. He didn't say, just have a relationship with me. He said, have a relationship with me, and as important it is for you to love your neighbor. Your relationships with others, it is so important. In the same way that love is a decision and you're deciding to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, in that same way, you are deciding, you are choosing, who am I going to build friendships with? You have the ability to choose your friendships. I would encourage you to not leave your friendships to chance, to emotions, to feelings, to chemistry, to we have things in common. We like the same music. We like the same team. We went to school together. Come on, can you make a decision 
In the same way that love is a decision with God, love is a decision with our friendships. It is a wise decision to pursue wise friendships. You want to pursue wise friendships. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Now this is the thing. I want to walk with wise people. But the thing about wise people, they're not going to want to hang out with a fool. So if I want to hang out with someone wise, guess what? I need to become wise. I need to grow in wisdom. And I don't know about you, but I want to be surrounded with people that have wisdom and they have joy and that they are way better than I am. So that is going to challenge me to change. Can I encourage someone here that you need wise friendships? And if you want wise friendships, godly friendships, you're going to have to start to make some decisions to become wiser. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good character. Come on, choose wisely. Choose your friendships wisely. Choose who you have in your circle. It really matters. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, say with me, are even better. Come on, say, are even better. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I want to talk to the people in the room that say, I already have my people. I already have my karate. I already have my rider or dies. I have people in my life that have proven wisdom and faithfulness and that they won't betray me. Come on, I want to speak to you today that God says, that three are even better. That having more people in your life that are godly, that are wise, it's even better. You don't want to settle in your circle that you've had for some years. Come on, if you're growing, God wants for you to bring more people along the journey for you to find more wise people in your life. It is better to develop new friendships, to encounter new friendships. Now, I know that new friends, they, if we're honest today, they're hard, especially as you grow older. Come on, if you see like some you like kids becoming friends, like they just come, they bump into each other. Hey, do you want to be my best friend? Like, yeah, you know, like, hey, you have a burger, me too. Hey, best friends? Yeah, you know, like, like when, when, you know, you see kids hanging out, like everyone's their best friend. They make friends like nothing. As adults, man, it's hard, right? <laughs> we, we, we've gone through some things now. We've been betrayed now. We've been backstabbed. We poured our lives into someone and out of nowhere they left. So making new friends, it is, it is hard. It is weird. It is awkward. Friendships are hard, but man, it is so worth it. It is so worth it, you pursuing not only new friendships, but godly friendships, wise friendships. Yeah, I know that, that some of you here today, there's something within you calling you for different, calling you for better, 
I know that some of you way down within, you just know that you're called to do great things in life and that God has a beautiful purpose for you. And this is a thing, if you want to reach new heights and if you want to pursue that greatness, you need a deeper foundation. Come on, the taller the building, the deeper the foundation. Not only the deeper the foundation, but the stronger the foundation is. And that foundation is found in God. It's found in your relationship with others. So come on, we're working on going deeper and stronger because we want a higher reach in our lives. You need to make some decisions when it comes to your friendships. You have to make some decisions in your relationship with God because it really matters. I really want to add value to you today. And when it comes to building new friendships, I just want to ask the question, what are your limitations? Like, what is it stopping you? Okay, let's break it down. It is hard. It is awkward. But I do believe that there are some things that we have said to ourselves that stop us. There's some thoughts that we have, they, they limit us. And we play this game that it doesn't matter how much we try to change, certain thoughts have become limitations and leads to us so we can't grow. So what are your limitations? Some of those limitations might sound like, well, I have all the people that I need in my life. Like I'm good with my people. And that can be a limiting factor because you're not even open to the idea of someone else coming and adding value to your life. Another limitation is like, I don't have time. And that's a reality. Time is so valuable, it is fleeing. And, and some, so often we say we don't have time, but that thought, that sentence becomes such a limiting factor for your life to make time for something that's going to add great value to you. Well, I have been betrayed. And that becomes another limiting factor because we carry hurt that we don't even open up ourselves to the idea of a meaningful friendship that can make a big impact in our lives. Why put myself out there? It's like, man, at this stage of life, like, do I really want to go through the whole, like, making friends again? Like, it's too much work, man. And it becomes a limiting factor. I don't have it in me. I don't think it'll make a difference. And these limitations, they keep us trapped. And us being trapped in these limitations, then they come and they become our reality. And it's hard to break out of reality when we have these limiting factors. So what do we do? And I believe it's kind of simple. I just want to ask you if you've ever been wrong in your life. Come on, have you ever been wrong by a show of hands? You had a thought, you had an idea, you were sure about something, you argued about something, and then you acted on and you realized I was wrong. Could it be in your life that some of the limiting factors, some of the thoughts, some of the ideas that we have, could it be that we're wrong? Could it be that we allow ourselves to define ourselves with some things that we call truths and they might be lies? Come on, can I help someone here to break out of these lies and to pursue truth? I, I just, I just want to say what if, right? Like what if you're wrong? 
What if you actually have the time? What if you do have it in you? What if God has an incredible friend that's going to stay closer than a brother? What if, if you encounter this new friendship, you will become wise and you will become a better person, a better man, a better woman, a better husband, a better wife, a better employee? Like what if in this connect group season, you encounter your new best friend? What if you ignore your comfort? zone and you step out and start building new friendships, you're choosing new friendships, what if something meaningful happens in your life? What if you discover a brand new community through volunteering? What if you step outside of your comfort zone every Sunday that you're here and you start talking to people and showing interest in people and trying to develop community with new people and asking someone out for coffee? or lunch or something, what if you choose differently? What if there's incredible benefits in choosing friendships? You know, as you grow in your life and as you start pursuing the best life that God has for you, friendships are no longer for entertainment. We're not seeking friendships for entertainment or distraction. We're seeking friendships for growth, for purpose, for a long-lasting impact. We're not seeking for friends to have fun. Come on, I want some friends in my life that help me become wiser, that help me become better. Come on, let's build our relationship with others. The third thing that Jesus talks about here is not only that our relationship with God matters, our relationship with others matter. And then he says this, right? Love your neighbor, love your neighbor, ask yourself. Love your neighbor, ask yourself. I believe God wants for us to have in our strong foundation the relationship that we have with ourselves. If we wanna build a strong foundation, a strong life, you need to have a good and healthy relationship with you. Your relationship with you matters. Can I just ask, how are you treating yourself? How are you speaking to yourself? What is your self-talk? What do you say? to yourself when all the distractions of life seem to minimize? What are you saying to yourself? Are you comparing yourself to others? Let me ask in a different way. Are you destroying yourself with comparison? Are you damaging yourself with stresses and anxieties and fears? How are you treating yourself? How are you loving yourself? Have you been frustrated with you lately? Frustrated with your limitations, with your lacks, with your wants, with your needs? Your relationship with God matters. Your relationship with others matter. But if you're not loving yourself, that's going to impact the relationships that you're surrounded by and your relationship with God. 
how can you receive the love of a graceful, merciful God if you are so judgmental towards yourself? How can you embrace the kindness of God the Father when you are so damaging to yourself? When you value yourself in the right way, you start embracing who God is in a different way. When you embrace yourself in the right way, you start valuing yourself enough to developing your relationship with God in a beautiful way. When you value yourself enough, come on, you, you really start defining who gets in to be a part of your circle. When you value yourself, you just don't let anyone into your circle. You start choosing wisely. Come on, we're not just allowing people in for entertainment. You're allowing people in for purpose, for growth, for encouragement. Can I encourage you today to encourage yourself, to love yourself, to have grace for yourself? Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? What good is it if you are doing the best job at work? What good is it if you are an excellent father, an excellent mother, if you're losing yourself? What good is it if you are a provider, but you're losing your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? You matter today. You are important today. You are loved today. You are valuable. You matter so much. You matter so much that God calls you his masterpiece. You value so much that God calls you a son and a daughter. God calls you friend. You matter so much that God wants a relationship with you. You matter so much that Jesus was sent into this world to die for you so that you would know that you are loved, that you're embraced, that there's someone that is passionate for you, that you're not alone, that you're not a failure. Come on, God loves you enough. God loves you enough for you to love yourself as well. Can you love yourself enough to choose a relationship with God? Can you love yourself enough to love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul? Can you love yourself enough to open up the Word of God and fill your mind with truths and with principles and with promises and blessings? Can you love yourself enough to say every day, I need to spend some time with the Creator of heaven and earth? Can you love yourself enough to surrender your life to follow Jesus? Can you love yourself enough to obey God in whatever it is that He calls you to do? Can you love yourself enough to not walk in your own understanding, but to rely on God's beautiful understanding? Can I encourage you today to love yourself enough to put the limitations aside and see them as God opportunities for your life. Come on, can I encourage you today to love yourself enough to say, God, whatever you want, whenever you want, I will follow you. I will choose you. I will be whoever it is that you're calling me to be. Come on, can you love yourself enough 
to embrace the strong foundation that God wants you to build in your life for you to have a beautiful relationship with your heavenly father, for you to choose wisely in the relationships that you're surrounding yourself with, can you have a strong foundation in how you're loving yourself, what you're allowing in your mind about you today? As we close today in prayer, I wanna invite you to stand with me. I wanna remind you these incredible words that Jesus spoke in John chapter 15 verse 16 Jesus pretty much says you didn't choose me I chose you God chose you God wants a relationship with you you're you're chosen today by God's grace you're loved today by God's grace your mistakes don't define you. Your past doesn't define you. The things that you have done, they don't define you. Allow God's love to define everything about you. Jesus said, I chose you. And I invite you to close your eyes. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you see in us what we find it so difficult sometimes to find within ourselves. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for loving me. God, I pray that today you would touch those people here in this room that they've never made a conscious decision of following you. I pray that if you're here and you've never made this decision, that you would understand that God loves you, that he's chosen you. What I want to ask you today, if that's you, if you've never made this decision or you did at some point and fell away from faith, can I just encourage you? Would you love yourself enough to take a step of faith into surrendering to Jesus? Would you love yourself enough to say, not my way, but your way, God? I might not understand it, God, but I know it's much better than me following my own understanding. So if that's you today, you wanna make this decision, with no one else around you looking, moment between you and God, can you just raise your hand up to heaven as a sign of surrender, as a sign of God, it's me. Today, I know that you choose me, I will choose you, God. If that's you, can you just say this prayer out loud, Jesus? Come into my life and save me. Come into my life. Today, I declare that you're my Lord and you're my Savior. I will follow you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for every single person in this room. I pray, God, that you would give us your eyes to see the way you see us. I pray, God, that we would see the way you see, that you would enlighten us, God. Give us the ability to be graceful, to be kind, to be gentle, to be encouraging, to be full of life and truth, God. I pray, God, that as we love you, as we love others, and as we love ourselves, everything in our lives, would change because we have a strong foundation 
in the design that you created for us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Can you say with me out loud, okay? Out loud and bold. I am loved. Come on. I am loved. Yes, you are. You're awesome and you're incredible. And I just want to encourage you on your way out. Can you say hi to someone and tell them, hey, you are loved? Uh, I pray that you have an incredible rest of your Sunday and week. Love you all. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.